0: From across time and space and throughout the multiverse, listen as two generations of comic book readers come together to discuss a single character or event that shaped pop culture as we know it. Let Your Geek Side Show presents Then and Now with Susan and Kitty.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Then and Now with Susan and Kitty. So today we're talking about a character that has
0: only existed for 17 years. Like, I think I blew Susan's mind with that one. I can't believe she's been around for 17 years. I feel like she's so new. <laughs> I mean, she is comparatively to other comic book characters, but at the same time, she's still been around for 17 years. Her
1: first appearance isn't old enough to buy itself a drink yet. That's true. So, and she needs that drink. she needs that drink. So despite only being around for 17 years, she's making a big impact on the current Marvel landscape in comics and television alongside its more classic heroes. So, she's a savvy private eye who drinks hard and hits even harder. This is Jessica Jones,
0: Then and Now. <laughs> <laughs> now I hit the table. <laughs> oh, We can't not hit the table. Um, so, so, 17 years ago, Susan. 17 years Jessica ago. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones makes her debut in Alias in the Max line of comics. That's so crazy to think about. I'm just having this like major nostalgia jolt right now because I can't I can't imagine that she's actually been around for 17 years. <laughs> um she seems so new, but at the same time, Jessica Jones was that character that to be totally frank, I did not like her at first. I thought she was like obnoxious <laughs> and um I actually quit reading her comics like for a while until Actually, a friend of mine when I worked at the com- like at a comic book store had me – they were just like push past anything you don't like about her because that's the thing about Jessica Jones is that you don't have to like her and she doesn't care. Like as a <laughs> character, she does not care if you like her or not.
1: And, and that's th- really refreshing because it gives – writers who handle her story a, a big freedom
0: but it also gives us a big freedom because you're so worried about rules a lot with different mm-hmm. characters like just before we hit record on this podcast kitty was talking about how a lot of characters have to work within codes mm-hmm. and i'll i should not repeat what you said i should let you say it <laughs> <laughs> I, I there's
1: there's other superhero shows that i watch and i feel like you, and, and you always want to root for the hero. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do, I do strongly believe that you need good heroes with good moral codes, but sometimes it's, it's a little exhausting because in those episodes where, like, oh, they had a, a mind swap or whatever and they're the evil version of themselves suddenly, when, when they're mean, they're the bad guy. But it's really refreshing to have a, a, a heroine that I can read or watch on the show who is almost wholly unlikable. I mean, yeah. you, you like the things about her that are, Nasty or crude or
0: mean. But the, mm, like, while I understand that at the same time, I don't see any of those. Like, once I got past the I just don't like her, it was more like she's not the type of person I would hang out with. And rude and crude and mean, she's drunk all the time. She will hit you and is not afraid to start a fight. She's not afraid to cuss you out. All those things are, while I didn't necessarily attach to them at first. That's the kind of stuff that I wound up liking about her later because I think Jessica Jones from her just – her inception like is that character that is not going to be the nice girl. Mm -hmm. There is not – she plays – I feel weird saying she plays by her own rules because that's like not how I see her at all. (laughs) She just does what she has to do and she's not – She's not afraid to go to that dark place, and and at the end of
1: the day, she does care. I mean, in the the show, she has her line occasionally: "I give a damn," and that's my greatest weakness, and that's refreshing to see when she she can acknowledge that she tries to push it away. But I think, I, I think that's a fun line. My greatest weakness is that occasionally I give a damn, right? Which is is an interesting trait for a hero who doesn't want to be a hero.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, she does have the it, it's yeah. She sums it up herself, but we always talk about through lines of characters, like characters that in whatever incarnation you have of that particular one, you need certain traits for to come forward. And I think that for for me, starting out Jessica Jones and, and the first volume of Alias going forward, the thing that you can really take away from Jessica Jones is that like she is like her through line has to do with she's not. She's not the girl that like I don't know I don't know how to say this without like cursing and, and we don't have an explicit label on this podcast, but what, what I mean is she's not she's there's there's frames of her sitting on the toilet. There's frames of her <laughs> um legit just swearing at people and not and, and clients that she should care about whether or not she's getting money from them, but she doesn't because they're treat like she knows her her worth in a certain in a certain way,
1: and she's in a profession that people don't come to private detectives from a good place or a place of good charity. They're mm-hmm. already angry at someone, mm-hmm. and when and and even in the show, she she sums it up when she
0: does her job correctly, it makes the clients even angrier, right? Because she does her job correctly. She's, this is what I mean to say. She has a darkness in her mm-hmm. in in like that's built into her. From her job, from her personality. I keep repeating that, like, she doesn't care, like, she doesn't give a darn about anybody, but like, she does, but it's her darkness that helps her get through those times. And I think you can't have Jessica Jones without a level of darkness and things that are just plain messed up. Because if you are in New York City, you're going to a private detective, that private detective is like a former, like, like goody goody superhero who has retired and doesn't want to talk about that ever 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 (laughs) who drinks herself silly and can't think she can't feel things but wants to that's all really dark stuff but somehow even though you think you don't like her you kind of come around to we all have that part of us that maybe it's one decision that we made or it's something that we wish we did or something that we wish we did differently, Jessica Jones taps into that. And I think that's what makes her so compelling as a character.
1: Because at the end of the day, no matter what darkness she's dealing with, she's still
0: the person that tried to do something. Right. And and whether or not she's successful, right. she still tried. But when she's not successful and she tries anyway, she walks away with that knowledge. So it's almost it, when you're the reader and you don't like her because you would do something different than she would... That's also something that you take away as the reader from mm. Jessica herself. Like, oh, I would have done that completely differently. She did it wrong. And then you – I got angry at Jessica reading her, <laughs> especially towards the beginning. I was like, this girl's gross. Like, why on earth would she behave this way? And then it's like, oh, look at all her circumstances. And maybe I would behave that way too. Yeah.
1: And I think it's I think it's very interesting because we're coming from different sides of this. I mean uh, – If you're listening to then and now, hopefully you understand the... I'm a little bit older than Kitty. is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But Susan really has a a different perspective on these things. And, And especially for a character that is so fairly recent and new. I didn't read the Alias comics... Well, because those were coming out when I was a little kid, and I don't think I would have started with a comic uh, that starts with a swear word. Yeah, the
0: first word in – like, that was the, you know – That was the defining characteristic of this book when it was – She came at you with a punch, and she was always going to just keep hitting you. That's also a very Jessica Jones thing to do. She's not going to stop hitting you until you submit. Yeah. (laughs) But
1: it's interesting because I went from the show to the comics and and then came back around to the new comics, which – Continue in the same vein, but it is very different shaped by the shaped by the knowledge of the show, but also the landscape of uh, a- alias the original alias was a huge product of its time yes, like it's it, it almost felt outdated to me when I read it, but I still loved it because it was the character that I had been introduced to in the show
0: what just I'm really curious what about it seemed outdated because I totally had to do a refresher when I found out that one of the themes was going to be Jessica Jones because I hadn't retouched alias in in years. And it didn't seem that outdated to me, but I'm also coming from a different time than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there are some very specific cultural references in
1: there. Right. Um, but there's also, I think there's a little bit of maybe outdated ways of the way that Marvel and and it might be because of the Max imprint. I I haven't read anything else from the Max imprint, so I don't know how mm-hmm. the other series address mm-hmm. this. But there's some there's some interesting ways they address the topic of the superheroes or the neighborhood that she lives in. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I, I it was pre Civil War stuff for yep. Marvel, but it it feels very much since I started reading in the Marvel Now Avengers Now kind of age of things. That felt like a very different Marvel landscape. Oh, it Um, definitely
0: is. And I would say that the Max imprint definitely, like, was the darker side. So when you're talking about, like, her neighborhood and how they address different superheroes, the other titles from that are also a little bit off from what you would think of as, like, the normal, like, Marvel tone.
1: Yeah. And and – yeah, it it it's interesting because some of that stuff they couldn't carry into the new series. Oh, right. I mean there's there's still some swears. Um there's a, yeah, there's, there's a few swears. There's a few swears. No, there's definitely swearing and, and violence, but some of that uh darker content in the new series, the the self-titled Jessica Jones series, uh does feel very different, although it's the same exact creative team. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see um I love Michael Gatos' art and it's got that that fun noir
0: haze to oh, it. Yeah. Um See, that to me is like the only thing that I would think is possibly of its time because you don't see as many comics drawn this way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, you address the same creative team. So Brian Michael Bendis, who created Jessica Jones, Mm -hmm. um, I thought because I picked up, I think, the first two issues of the new series and I didn't care for it because I wanted it to be as – harsh mm-hmm. as this stuff was like i like like i've been saying alias feels like you are being punched in the gut with this <laughs> character like she's going to come at you she's going to use all of her super strength to come at you and she's not gonna let up and i just felt she was a little bit watered down in the new series and i would i would agree i would actually agree um with
1: that given a variety of factors. One. Uh, I think Marvel knew in some capacity this was going to be the series that a lot of people stepped into following the show immediately. Right. Following the show immediately. And and they republished all the volumes of Alias titled Jessica Jones Alias so people could mm-hmm. find it more easily. Um, Notice mine, my copy <laughs> does not say that on it. No, it does not. Yours is straight up <laughs> Alias. Old school. But the new series picked up the new series had some weird timing issues it was meant to pick up immediately after secret wars which seems to be the that that comic seems to be the crux of a lot of my knowledge for current characters because a lot happened after secret wars when they smashed every universe together and then pulled them all apart again Mm -hmm. so it that series ended beginning of 2016 i think yeah um And and that's when the Jessica Jones series kind of picked up. They wanted to launch it with the 2015 television show, but unfortunately the timing wasn't there for the artist. And so they had to kind of adjust. So the series does pick up after Secret Wars, but it came late to the game, making references to that. And her first case back in in the game is a gentleman who has memory of his past life in a different uh, one of the Marvel universes, but now he's been, put into the wrong life and he's got the wrong wife and, and child. And so he kind of goes crazy with that knowledge and kills them. But if, and, and so she's got to investigate all that. And he's like, yeah, I did it. Cause, cause I'm crazy. And, and there was a different universe, but if you don't know that that was what happened in the events, it, it loses some of its punch. And the first volume also dealt a lot with her family. Cause alias ended with her admitting that she was pregnant to yeah. Luke. Mm-hmm. And then she went into the pulse and then didn't, have a solo series until right. this time and so she's back and she's a family woman and the book kind of has to balance with the fact with like yeah she is a mother and she can't go running around like a renegade she weirdo can't drink
0: herself silly ever. and I mean she, still, she does. still does
1: she still does but she has to take care of her daughter so that's a concern and so it, it was sort of watered down and I do think at th- at the beginning of that series they did tone down some of the mm-hmm. explicit content to step you into the world introduce you after Secret Wars um but it, it's kind of ramped up. Um Bendis yeah. is preparing his departure. Yeah. Um he I was just gonna ask, yeah. like,
0: how do you feel about Bendis finally leaving Jessica Jones? You know, it's it's bittersweet, um,
1: because throughout his run, there's a lot that I do like and a lot that I don't. And I, I respect the fact that he created this character and she's she's such a monumental character, but I've had pacing issues with his stories and other other topical issues, but it's interesting. Because when you look back, with Bendis leaving Marvel, I think that actually sets the stage for her to appear in more comics. Because while he was writing for Marvel, he kind of had sole control of her. He's like, mm-hmm. this this, and Miles Morales and these characters I've created are my thing, and so I'm going to write them. Mm-hmm. And um, Marvel's currently in the process of announcing a lot of their um, their new stories. And rebooting are,
0: their universe and, again.
1: Yeah, fresh, fresh start to their universe. But one of the things... That was first announced when Bendis announced his departure was that he's like, I have handpicked my successor for Jessica Jones, which sounded a little like a weird godfathery thing.
0: Well, I I thought of it more as like a well, yeah, godfather, but also like a dad making sure oh, yeah. his kids cared for <laughs>
1: yeah making sure she's not going to the prom with some
0: weirdo yeah <laughs> like, and, no and i see both sides of it
1: but it's actually really exciting um he said that the writer's going to be a woman um and this will be the first time that a woman has taken on her solo series there have been some comics that she cameoed in a few things mm-hmm. um I- event one shots and whatever um but she was usually part of a larger ensemble but for the most part um even in the the young avengers stuff she appeared in she didn't uh, Bendis didn't do all of that, but he did, like, this, the Young Avenger specials. Mm-hmm. Jessica has always kind of come through the lens of one writer, except for in the television show. And that's that's an interesting thing for me to be comparing the television show character to the comics character, because mm-hmm. the comics character is very much the product of one writer and one artist coming together. Mm-hmm. And so
0: it, it's really interesting. But how do you feel about the the t- television show. I'm asking. I'm asking this with full knowledge that I know the answer, but but the everybody out there question. doesn't know. I'm obsessed with the television show. I mean, how many
1: times have you watched it? I've seen it eight times now. <laughs> um, eight thirteen episode runs of the. There, it's thirteen episodes, one hour each. I've seen it eight times through. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just and I love it because I notice new things each time. And and sometimes it's wishful thinking and my brain connects things, but I, I it it's fun to see the way they adapted these characters for an entirely new format. Right. Because they really took a lot of cool creative liberties with that. And there's some there's some really fun callbacks to the
0: oh, alias comics. I um, as someone who came from the comics to the show, I love Kristen Ritter. Oh like, yeah. I lo- <laughs> oh. I know this is really supposed to be more about comics than it is about the show, but I but think at the, the point, show is a huge moment for the character. As- yes, especially I remember being surprised that they were going to be including her in a solo television show because she was so limited in her like in her appearances like as a solo leading lady type comic book character, but Kristen Ritter made it work. Like, I don't know how you make her work without a really strong actress mm-hmm. playing her. And she captured the same type of thing where you don't necessarily like Jessica all the time. She makes so many bad choices. So, you want to scream at the TV sometimes <laughs> watching that show because it's so like, what are you
1: doing? And full disclosure, I'd never heard of the character before they announced her for television. Really? I, I, yeah. No, and, and and I was working at a comic book store about that time. And, and one of my coworkers slides me the first volume of Alias and he goes, I think you're really gonna like this character. I picked up the book and I go, she kind of looks like me. I like it, but she does kind of look like me. <laughs> <you. laughs> oh, I I kind of wish I could be like a David David Macwatercolor watercolor or a Michael Gatos drawing. Like the, that style is so cool. But I was like, I've I have never heard of this character, and and I think that was because it also got filed under the Max heading in our store, and so yeah. I, it wasn't with the Marvel stuff. But going on the show, I'm glad to know that you really like Kristen Ritter. I want to know, <laughs> no, I want to know um, what you thought. Having come from the first Alias volume, what they did with the first season of the show, drawing out what was only a very short storyline with Kilgrave mm-hmm. in the comics. Because I read that and it was like, wow, he's almost – I mean, he's not inconsequential, but he felt within that so, 20-issue run. So, yeah. So, tell me about it.
0: So, um I remember thinking, like, why would they make Kilgrave the main villain? Like he se- <laughs> he seems like a he seems like a side villain. Like, well, a they're B not gonna villain. put Man Mountain Marco. Well, <laughs> I mean, or t- everyone's like Typhoid Mary. So, like, you know what I mean? It's but he seems like such a um a side villain. Someone because you know even his powers are are. Everyone's gonna kill me for this, but like his powers are passive almost. They his are. powers are influencing and controlling minds. Like that's a pass. That's not an aggressive power. Jessica like, Jones punches people. It's like pheromones in the comics or something. It's pheromones. That's such a sciency word that they yeah. love to throw out there. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but in the show, it's very much like a mind control type of the situation. And they say it's a virus, but still, it's it's. It's it's the hand wavy explanation mm-hmm. for it, sure. But it it's so wholly terrifying in the show. It is so, and it and in the comics, I remember, I, I remember hearing that he was going to be the main villain and being like, I probably won't like this show because <laughs> if he is the way that he is in the comics, this is going to be very upsetting to watch. Mm. Because if um, oh yeah, and the show is totally not upsetting. Well, the, sh- the show's upsetting to watch, but. They made it I mean, his powers are psychological in nature, but they they made it um they made it work. And I was very surprised that something that disturbing psychologically could be translated to a television show so seamlessly. And he doesn't even show his face until the fourth episode, because I because I just rewatched this. He doesn't even
1: show his face till the fourth episode. And I remember watching the show i i think i did like two episodes at a time the first time i went Mm -hmm. through it he didn't show up and i saw those first few episodes where it was he was an idea he was an idea he was a flashback he was a moment he was a presence I had nightmares about him. And then they went away once I saw David Tennant
0: and he was, and, and
1: it was David Again, Tennant. that was
0: another point of contention for me since I'm a huge Doctor Who fan and he's my 10th Doctor. I was like, you can't go from being the 10th Doctor to Kilgrave. So that, like, that kills my soul in so many different ways. My first Doctor was 11, so now I can never watch Doctor you Who 10. You can never watch 10. <laughs>
1: Because I'm I'm too wholly terrified. But I, I had nightmares. That's how much it was
0: but like that's how, this idea of Kilgrave. There so. is an idea of Kilgrave. Even in the comics, there's that idea and he is influencing her even when he's not there. Mm-hmm. And that's I think the scariest thing about him as a villain. So then I was kind of like I went back and was like, oh, you're completely wrong. Like, I, 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 love, I love when things prove me wrong because yeah. as a fan of anything, you get this idea in your head as to, like, what you think something should be. Mm-hmm. And I get it all the time. So I definitely had this idea of what Jessica Jones, the TV show, should be. And Kilgrave had to be this way. Um, but he wasn't. And even Kristen Ritter wasn't. I loved her from Breaking Bad, but I was like, she played like a junkie. There's like, <laughs> like she's not going to play like a, like, she's not going to play a strong female. She played this weak little junkie in Breaking Bad. Anyway, so that show defied all of my expectations about what I thought Jessica Jones could be. And that's really cool because for me, it shaped my whole idea of what Jessica Jones is mm-hmm. because that was my first introduction. So how was it going Into alias after seeing the show. Did you project any of Kristen Ritter and her version into Jessica Jones in the comics? A little bit. And and I think it didn't always
1: work. And so I had to actually separate it out in my mind. Mm -hmm. I could see those moments. And and I mean, there were some fun fun things in the comic, and I was like, hey, that's in the show. I mean, like you said, the sitting on the toilet, they they homage that in the Mm -hmm. show, which is pretty Mm -hmm. funny. Um and the and the one thing that struck me going between the show and the comics. In the show, she never says the f word—not once. There's all, every is that other, true? I every, mean, I believe you. You've yes. seen it way
0: more than me. Every but.
1: other every other word goes flying, but the f word is the one that they never ever say. Which is how which, they get away with that, and because <laughs> of Kristen Ritter's amazing
0: face and the way that she can say it with a look. But I was I was shocked. Oh my gosh, she never says the f word. You know what's amazing is that I've seen the show too, and it didn't. I just thought she said it. Yeah, you you think she says it and and uh, that's hop- that's some Kilgrave level, <laughs> min- like mind manipulation, right there.
1: And there and there were cool moments that I recognized. And there's like, uh, they got artwork from her apartment in the comics in mm-hmm. into the show. Well, and also, David Mack, who did the covers, did the opening credits for the show. Yes, so that was also uh, amazing. I and mean, that, that's one of those Netflix intros. That and Stranger Things, when it's like, would you like to skip the intro?
0: I'm like, hell no, <laughs> hell no, I'm not going to skip <laughs> who that skips intro. the intro. <laughs> um, I skip some intros, but, but not but not Stranger
1: Things. But there's fun moments like um in. My my most recent rewatch I noticed and this might be wishful thinking but when she walks into the bar and the bartender goes are you looking for Luke are you gonna tell him you love him you gonna tell him you're having his baby and I'm like oh well that's how alias ended she, yep. she tells him that she's gonna have his baby yeah um so I thought that was funny but uh the one that I didn't realize couple of rewatches in because like you said they they really took Kilgrave and even Jessica in an amazing new direction mm-hmm. um and and they adapted I mean they changed Luke up for the show uh Jerry Hogarth this is mm-hmm. an amazing construction and Trish Walker but the one that really struck me was Malcolm because until maybe my 4th rewatch I'm like oh on this rewatch I did this um the fourth one when the last line of the show is he picks up the phone and says alias investigations how can we help you then it hit me that's that's the version of the kid who lives in her apartment building who wants a job with her yep and I thought it was really smart cuz I cuz in that in that comic uh or seeing him in the comic I was like wow he's kind of a bit of levity to her hard exterior and he wants to be buddy buddy but the way they adapted Malcolm was heart wrenching and amazing for for a show that deals with all types of abuse i mean yeah. it and just all those moments i think it it's it's one of those more complex shows that every time i rewatch it i just realize how smart of a show it is and it
0: makes me feel smart even though i can't solve the mysteries like jessica to be honest a lot of those marvel netflix shows do that <laughs> as, I mean to I, be honest I haven't quite seen all of them <laughs> I haven't either I am I have a gap in mine as well you know this but Daredevil also takes a couple of watches before you under, like you, before you get all the nods to all the things you're supposed yeah. to get yeah. Daredevil's mine but yeah oh, it's so good and, and
1: with those character adaptations like adding um, and I love I love Jerry Hogarth and the lesbian love triangle like <laughs> Because that there's a moment where she says to her to her girlfriend, her secretary, mm-hmm. when she goes, Well, I didn't tell you to kill my ex-wife. You did that in self-defense. And and Kilgrave is like, Well, I didn't tell you to and I'm sorry for spoilers, but the show is like three years old now. When he's like, <laughs> I didn't tell you to kill Reva, I just said take care of her. Mm-hmm. It's like those moments where you can see, even if you don't have superpowers, you can be an absolutely disgusting
0: person and i and i love but I think that. that that again we come back to the through line for anything in this world is that you can you can have all this darkness with you like you don't have to be a super pa- like a superhero to carry like a superhuman level of darkness mm-hmm. but you need a certain level of light or to just go all the way you need
1: to occasionally give a damn yeah if Absolutely. someone gets hurt or if someone mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. a fall. And and it was nice to see cuz going back to Alias, um there's a lot of superhero there's a lot of superheroes in Alias that got taken off the table for oh yeah, because they they're all in Marvel movies. Um Scott Lang, Carol Danvers and Captain America, were, and Thor, and oh yeah, and Thor. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Thor. And Thor, um they were all taken off the table and I and I I've read that Melissa Rosenberg, the showrunner originally wanted um Carol Danvers in the show, but oh, but awesome. then that's when it was like, hey, like you can't because she's gonna be in the movies, yeah. and it's like, okay, I guess that's okay, mm-hmm. because then how else would we get Patricia Walker? Like, I think that's, I think that's fun because that's like a, she's like a child star, but yeah. they they wrapped her into that that story of how people come out of abuse, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just it, ugh. like, do we have another hour to talk about yeah, this? For I, real. I'm guessing not, but. Uh, yeah, and then and then she jumps to the defenders, but I think the the Jessica Jones show is and Alias are like the the ones
0: absolutely. So, in case you guys are now interested <laughs> in picking up anything <laughs> Jessica Jones, if, if
1: any of if any of this talk is intriguing to you, <laughs> yeah,
0: if if any of it means anything to you, I would say go to your comic book store and ask for alias or Jessica Jones alias since now they have rehashed the title of the comic to make it match the TV show.
1: And we didn't get to talk about it but the Pulse series is also the next Mm -hmm. one for her. Yeah. It's not the neo-noir it's her working at the Daily Bugle but there's some fun in that. Yeah. So that one's yeah that one's definitely important. Mm -hmm. And then for modern stuff if you're coming from the television show then I definitely first of all um, to start actually Jessica Jones Avenger is a trade paperback they put out which collects her random appearances that weren't alias of the pulse mm-hmm. it, she's got some scattered fun ones i think it's got the wedding of her and luke cage and like some important stuff um from some of the miscellany kind of like the
0: highlights forward. of jessica that
1: yeah aren't as dark it's the yeah it's the jessica jones highlight reel um and then the newer series uh jessica jones volume one because the the new series is called jessica jones period jessica jones. um so jessica jones volume one which is called uncaged uh volume two is called the secrets of maria hill so that one actually loops in more superheroes um they haven't published the third volume yet but when that is collected it will be the return of the purple man Mm. and then there's actually um the defenders volume one diamonds are forever which is the the bendis netflix defenders one that's really good yeah and then jessica jones season one is on netflix i've already watched it eight times so catch up (laughs) and i will never see that show as much as you have (laughs) Not with that attitude you want. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't have the time. (laughs) (laughs) And Jessica Jones season two drops on Netflix March 8th. So you guys have some time to do your research reading and hone up on those private
0: investigation skills. Amazing. And that's Jessica Jones, Then and Now. Thank you guys for listening. And don't forget to To let let your geek side side show. show. This has been Then and Now. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit GeekSideShow.com.